welcome to Bayer Cropcast with your technical field representatives from right around Australia. In this Cropcast, we'll give you a quick wrap-up of the season at hand and things to look out for, including events coming up around you and everything related to agronomy and growing healthy crops. We are passionate about the future of agriculture and crop protection, and we look forward to having you join us on Bayer Cropcast. Welcome to Bayer Cropcast, this is episode 16. I'm actually out in the shadow of the Stirling Ranges in southern Western Australia in the Stirlings to Coast Farmers area and I'm joined out here by Nathan Davey, the CEO of Stirlings to Coast Farmers and we've actually been here actively putting in a trial site today so we'll talk about that in a moment but Nathan, how are you today? Going very well Craig, it's been a successful day getting our trial in the ground. Yeah, no, it's really good to see that little plot seeder that uh, you've had out here and we've got a mixture of things and I've put in a uh, little bit of Matino Completes, which we'll talk about later on in the podcast with my colleague Angus McLennan over in New South Wales, Gus McLennan, and you've put in some nutritional work. So yeah, while we're out here, just sort of south of the Stirling Range National Park, actually, so we're pretty close to it there, Nathan. Um, what are you actually looking at here in terms of this nutrition work and what interest of, is that to your, you know, Stirlings to Coast members? Yeah, well, we're looking at mid-row banding of nitrogen, um for better nitrogen use efficiency so if you read some of the paperwork I think Craig in terms of our artificial nitrogen that we apply to crops we're only at about 42% efficiency on average across the country so there's a big gap there um, you know in terms of agronomy the whole industry challenges and I guess one of the ways of potentially getting better efficiency is injecting the nitrogen into the ground so um, here we are doing combinations of putting some urea in the ground at seeding and then shifting the GPS across and then just seeding our uh, rockstar wheat we're putting in 100 kilos plus a compound fertilizer Um, and then we're coming back um, at tillering and then we're doing combinations again so yeah, at tillering we'll um, top dress some more and then also last year actually we were able to hire a machine from CSBP and do some mid-row banding of Flexion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping we can get that again or if not something similar. Um, so yeah, and we actually did get some positive results out of a similar trial. Yeah, really good. I mean it's you know, a combination getting this crop up and out of the ground as you say, you know, get the... Uh, that, you know, good good establishment underway, especially on these sands and gravels that, you know, can be quite challenging at times, but uh, not too bad a start here this year. No, it's been excellent around here. Um, I even heard a uh, one of our members the other day said the only reason he needed rain at the moment was to wash the urea in. Oh, it's good to hear, yeah, because it's been a bit tough over the last few years, hasn't it? And, uh, you know, I've had some challenges. But, yeah, getting that crop up and out, I think it's going to be really interesting work and I'm looking forward to coming back here with you a few times and having a look, Nathan, during the season. And, uh, yeah, with Matino Complete, both uh, IBS, so incorporated by sowing, and then we'll come back and put some early post-emergent treatments on and uh, show Selling to Coast members or anyone else that comes along just, you know, how it all sort of fits together and works together. Yeah, no, I think it's... Um most of us including farmers are all visual creatures so they like to see it in action um, in their own environment so it should be a nice little afternoon field walk or something else maybe even part of our spring field day we'll see yeah no we'll see how it all comes along and um yeah that whole you know nutrition by you know certainly variety i suppose interest in that rock star wheat but uh yeah double knock that's gone on here thanks to the uh, farmer reese and uh yeah, that's really good, and we'll then have a look at what Matino Complete can do in terms of the weed spectrum we expect. Uh, just looking at what's already here, 
or was here. I uh, expect probably a range of grass weed species and also a uh, good smattering, I'd reckon, Nathan, of broadleaf weeds down here, which Matino Complete should do a nice job on, I hope. Yeah, yeah, we've got a fair smorgasbord here, um, cape weed and um, bits and pieces. And I know that I know the farmers are going back to pasture next year, so that's probably indicative that, that at the end of a cropping phase and pull it out for a few years. Yeah, no worries. No, it'll be really good. And yeah, we just walked down the plots a little bit here, freshly seeded actually. Some uh, six inch, uh, what's that in centimetres? Uh, 15. 15 centimetre row spacing here, actually with a little um, little disc machine. So that'll be interesting to see how that all comes up and we'll put some early post-emergent Matino complete and other things over this uh, grower practice in this district and have a look at that as well. Yeah, um, one of our sponsors, Direct Seeding and Harvest Equipment, have got a couple of little small trial machines um, and I've been able to utilise them a couple of times last year to put put trials like this in. Um, we try to be a little bit less burdensome on our growers so we can come here, as you've seen, and be independent of, of the farmers and do what we've wanted to do. Um, so that's a nice little tool to have. Um, and yeah, out here we've had a six inch um, disc machine which is really designed for pasture. We could only get the wheat rates up to um, 64 kilos of rockstar wheat. Um, we put our 100 kilos of compound out and I actually um, also laid a few, um, there's also a tine machine here which is on 12 inches um, and we actually put that to 64 kilos and sowed that today as well. So we'll have a nice little comparison there. Um, it's not part of a project we're doing, it's just something that, because of the tools that we had here, something to have a look at. Yeah, no, those guys are great uh, to have them here and thank you very much for, you know, getting in touch. Or we, we found a little opportunity to have a look at Matino Complete here in this site, which I think will do a good job and allow your members to have a good look at it. So we'll touch on Matino Complete a little bit later. But yeah, what else is happening in Sellingster Coast Farmers Group this year? What sort of other big projects on, just, you know, quickly... Nathan, what's happening? Gee, how long you got, Craig? Uh. Oh, yeah, we can uh, we can cover that on future podcasts. And, of course, we have done a couple of Stellings to Coast ones individually, so we could do some more later on. But, yeah, just in a high-level summary. We have recently been successful in getting some future drought funding. Um, so a lot of the directive from our members is to start doing a bit more work with pastures and livestock. Um, so, yeah, we've got a little bit of money to play around with uh, pasture modelling from CSIRO and how we might be able to apply that utilising I guess some of the technology we're starting to put in the ground around here. So we've got weather stations and soil moisture probes, um, we've got through Phil Honey our smart farms coordinator the opportunity to install that sort of technology for our members. Um, a lot of our major trial sites are starting to have those stations installed so we're building up a little bit of a network and um, yeah I, I think in terms of that project, um, predictability of pasture growth um, is just, even though I'm a cropping guy, Craig, that sort of predictability for farmers is just would be so valuable if they could actually get a real handle on not just where they are now, most of them probably think they or know that, that where they're at now, but you know, given two to three months' time, um, if you can sort of extrapolate out and sort of get an idea of how much feed you're going to have, you can start making decisions about livestock numbers, maybe buying some in, maybe selling some off, uh, just being a bit more proactive. Yep. Uh, that sounds really interesting. I mean, when you say you're a cropping guy, I think truly, you know, it's a system, you know, we're interested in everything because, you know, what we do in the cropping phase will influence the, 
you know, the livestock area and, and vice versa. So it's really good that you've got projects like that underway and are obviously of a lot of use and then showing trial sites like this particular one we're standing at, um, how the cropping things fit in. And as you said, it's going back to pasture next year. So, you know, it's got to be known what uh, impacts these things have on each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of our farmers are, are mixed farmers, um, you know, still probably predominantly cropping, but, you know, sheep and cattle, um, it's it's a great system. Um, and, um, you know, even though I think there's just been so many exciting advances in ag technology and, and, and ag agronomy in the last five to ten years, there's still a, a whole heap more for the next five to ten years and beyond. Yeah, well and truly. Oh, that's what keeps us interested and keeps us coming back and back. And uh, yeah, I look forward, Nathan, to coming back and looking at some more of this as we go through the season. Thanks very much. Cheers, Craig. Thanks for having me on. Well, I was just down at the Stirlings to Coast Farmers Group there, as I mentioned, and putting in that little Matino Complete trial. And I'm joined now by my colleague over in New South Wales to talk more about Matino Complete in Gus McLennan. How are you today, Gus? Excellent, Whitey. Very good. How are you? Yeah, going well, mate. We're really um, deep into the season now, aren't we? You know, I suppose it's sort of still early, but we're yeah really into it and getting the field program down. But yeah, just um, over in your area, New South Wales, and the area you operate, you know, how's things going with the season, getting the crop in, and you know, what are some of the things that have worked really well, and what are some of the challenges at the moment? Yeah, well, we're off to a pretty good start. We've obviously uh, begun the season on excellent subsoil moisture. And then we've had a fairly dry um, autumn, but just in the last two weeks we've we've copped a little bit of rain, which is helping get crops up and going and out of the ground. And I'd say we're probably 90, 95% completed with sowing now. There's um, a few late um, winter, well, a few late wheats going in, but there's also a bit of um, late canola going in too, trying to take right. advantage of the current um, canola price. So. Uh, which is looking very attractive. Um, so there's a little bit still to go, but majority of, of growers would have um, got all their crop in by now. And we've just come off the back of a string of big frosts and pretty cold weather, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously to be expected this time of year. Which So, so that's slowed things up quite a bit. Um, but having come out of a dry period, uh, we haven't really seen a lot of disease around, but I'd anticipate that with these cold conditions and a bit more, bit more showery weather forecast over the next couple of weeks. We might start to see a bit of disease and sow appear. Um, sowing hasn't necessarily been all smooth sailing. We had a um, a bumper year last year, so growers have having to been been having to deal with um, high stubble loads and and I guess for the west, uh, big mouse numbers as well, which has been um, a real challenge in not only the cropping side of things, but you know trying to keep them out of people's homes and machinery and uh haystacks and so on and they're Horrible. really yep. causing a lot of got a lot of damage very quite widespread too yeah no i grew up uh, in south australia and remember mouse plagues and i'm, I'm not going to say fondly gus they were horrible um, things and yeah feeling yeah. for everyone over there so i hope we can get on top of that and hopefully some weather might uh, have an impact on them as we get into winter let's uh, let's let's hope yeah fingers crossed yeah, certainly some challenges here in Western Australia with um, actually some places almost getting too wet and we've had reports of some, you know, burst grain and re-sowing and things like that going mm-hmm. on. So as you said, majority of crops are in, but there are a few reports now of you know, early emergence or things that are not emerging and wondering why. And we've seen a few examples in selected areas, but in the main, going in pretty well, coming up nicely and just needs a few uh, 
nice sunny winter days to get things roaring along, just as we're doing in our trial program at the moment, Gus. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Just a, a bit more sunshine would be helpful um, to try and dry out some of these wetter paddocks and, and, as you said, get the crops up and going. Yeah, well and truly. So, yeah, let's talk about our trial program. You know, we've got a, a really large program again at Bayer this year right around Australia. So there's a lot of work going in by our field teams, uh, our sales team assisting with that as well and field solutions and what have you. But I know specifically, Gus, you wanted to talk about Matino Complete and just what that's um, offering at the moment, and we also want to talk about early post-emergent application. So I'll hand over to you, just talk around Matino Complete, what it actually is, what it's uh, hoping to bring to the market uh, as we launch that in 2022. So Matino Complete. Yeah, so it's um, exciting times. We're only about six months off now, the expected approval Mm. of registration, so it's going to come around really quickly, and Mm. this has been a product we've been working on for oh geez it'd be probably five six seven years now um and you know, we're getting to the pointy end where we're we're due to commercialize it next year um so there's been a lot of work going in behind the scenes with um you know not only development of the formulation but also the different registrations that we will um likely to have on the label uh, and with that you know we we're looking at a, a ibs incorporated by sowing registration for wheat and and barley and uh, then, as you mentioned, the early post-emergent registration in wheat as well. So um, two crops, two use patterns. Um, the other big exciting thing, which I guess a lot of people have been calling out for, is a registration in disc seeders for wheat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's proposed on the, on the submission as well. And I guess then the other aspect of, of it is, is this, this product will offer more than just grass weed control. Uh, it'll offer a, um, a range of broadleaf weeds as well, as well as a range of grass weeds. Uh, and that's that's due to the combination of the three active ingredients that are in the product. So the three active um, ingredients are? Uh, peroxisulfone, which everybody would know as, as Sakura, uh, diflufenicin, so the active in, in brodal, and the new active um, in that mix is, is called a clonophen. So a clonophen is a SPS inhibitor. It's a a new mode of action to the Australian market, and it's a uh, it's a really interesting active because it, it's both grass and broadleaf weed spectrum, um, and it has leaf and foliar uh, leaf and and hypocotyl uptake, so it really complements the other two actives and the other two um, that are in there to provide an, uh, a balance of grasses and broadleaves and also root uptake, shoot uptake. So with that combination, you're getting something a bit different. Uh, and and also, obviously, you've got that, that new mode of action in there too, which is really assisting uh, with the management of resistance. And I guess a clonophen too, if you want to get into the real science of it, is, is a recognised synergist with a, mo- a number of modes of action. So um, we're seeing the benefit of that, not just an additive benefit, we're seeing a, a synergistic benefit where it's, a, it's giving bonus weed control or, or helping the other actives work better as well. Yeah, I think it's all the combination together, Gus, as you said earlier. Really, really important that uh, various use patterns, various weeds, which is really good and certainly as part of an overall weed management program, uh, Matino Complete's really going to be interesting. And we'll talk a little bit more in a second about this uh, early post-emergent use. But uh, trials to date, we've focused a lot on getting the incorporated by sowing treatments down in both wheat and barley. 
Um, so some really good uh, things coming from there, and we've done a lot of work over a lot of years at Bayer, and uh, you know you can get that information from your local Bayer representatives. So get in touch with us and ask about that, what we've done in the past. But importantly, Gus, let's now turn our attention to early post-emergent application of Matino Complete in wheat. Uh, and just how is that different to you know what we would traditionally think of a post-emergent application? So it still is after the crop comes up and a few weeds have started to emerge, but we added the word there early, early post-emergent. So what's that all about? What's the benefits of doing it then? Yeah, so I guess with traditional post-emergent application of herbicides, we typically wait for all the weeds to come up that are likely to come up during usually that winter period and then apply a post-emergent herbicide across them, whereas the early post-emergent is really the positioning of that application much earlier in the phase, as you said, once the crop's up. So on the Matino label, it'll be recommended that you apply early post-emergent from the first leaf of the crop through to growth stage 23. And, And the idea is that is to get the weeds young but also these three modes of action that are in Matino Complete offer residual control. So you can get the product on early, control the weeds that have just germinated, and then that early post-emergent timing will also offer extended residual across the spectrum of both grasses and broadleaf weeds. So it's, it's really a shifting of that post-emergent spray, uh, typically probably three to four weeks before traditionally it would be applied. Yeah, important to understand that those early weeds, two gusts are really competitive, those ones that come up close to the crop emerging at time and you know, getting Matino complete on early post-emergent in that situation can uh, not only control those weeds, but as you mentioned there, the residual is very, very useful in the crop as well. So really, really yep. key uh, to you know maximising, as we said, the three active ingredients and, and using each of those to their strengths. As you said, some have got shoot uptake, root uptake, hypercoddle, all those sorts of things. So really play to its strengths and uh, Matino Complete should offer a very, very good uh, option for weed control. Currently not registered as a product, but that's what we're aiming for. And then 2022, it will be available for Australian growers. But we have been doing, Gus, also some large area trials through grower machinery this year. So you want to perhaps just touch on that and I might give you a couple of uh, comments from the Western Australian side as well. So how's it been going in New South Wales and other parts of Australia that you've heard about? Yes, uh, so far really good. So so the permit process allows us to really test um, not only the product, the, the, the actives, the, the herbicide itself, but the formulation and its its performance in the tank and in the field on a, on a kind of grander or a commercial scale prior to registration. So it's, it's really important, is a really important phase that we can t- pressure test the product under real conditions before releasing it to to um, the market. Um, and that allows us to really analyse, uh, as I said, its performance in the tank, but you know, through different agitation systems, through different boom sprays, um, through multiple tank loads in some cases, and, and also look at the different compatibilities. So we do a lot of uh, laboratory bench testing for compatibility, but that doesn't always uh, really accurately demonstrate uh, the conditions that we're mixing products in the field through grower equipment. So this is another opportunity to allow us to do that as well. Um, so as you said, we're, we're well and truly into that and um, pretty much all the IBS um, large-scale permit work has been completed. Um, and in vol- I guess when we're talking about volumes, we're looking typically at a, at a minimum of around about 40 hectares 
that we're testing and up to 100 hectares where we're seeing multiple tank loads to ensure that we, we don't see issues over a period of time. Um, so all the IBS stuff's out now and, and that's all looked good. There's been no major issues there. Um, and now we're moving into the early post-emergent. Uh, early post-emergent is probably a little bit uh, less complex because the likelihood of having multiple tank mix partners is greatly um, reduced. So, you know, obviously in the pre-M market, we're looking at mixing a knockdown, maybe another pre-emergent such as a trifluralin or a, or a triolate type product. Um, often people are wanting to put insecticides in. If they're putting glyphosate in, they're looking at putting adjuvants or water conditioners in as well. So... We're looking at multiple tank mixes in the IBS space, but the EPEs seem to be a little bit more straightforward. Um, they're usually either going out with um, or by themselves. So Matino by itself will do an excellent job across the spectrum by itself, but in certain scenarios there might be a um, requirement to add some LVE or some bromoxynol or maybe an insecticide. So less complex, but um, touch wood, everything's going pretty pretty good so far and, and it's looking looking very promising. Yeah, well, we've certainly seen Gus in those IBS uh, incorporated by sowing work that we've done that, you know, um, by just increasing or upping the water rates uh, has been really helpful as well with these products. Um, you know, making sure you, you take really good attention to the mixing order and we, you know, have a great range of resources on our website to help people know which order to put things into the tank. Importantly, allowing time for each individual product to mix and get into the uh, main spray tank. One of the biggest factors we see sometimes is rushing things and you know yep. blasting in super concentrated premixes into a, a big tank, and the other one hasn't quite blended right around, and then trouble can happen. So a few things like that, and as well as you know don't over filter. And um, whilst we've had a range of filters sizes um, checked and whatever, generally the coarser, so more the the eighty and fifty meshes have really caused no dramas at all, and uh, it's coming out quite nicely. But of course we'll be summarising all of that and uh, continuing to give good information and advice through Bayer Cropcast, but also locally out on the ground as people get around and actually have a look at these large area trials and the general trial program that we have, Gus. Yeah, and there's there's plenty of that happening this year. I think mm. uh, these these uh, permit trials, the large-scale ones we're doing, we've got um, on the last count just a tad over 100 of those nationally. Um, and then I was just this morning, actually, I was going through our internal and external program and there's there's well and truly over 100 replicated trials around the country this year as well. So, you know, it covers a range of geographies. So there's plenty of opportunities, hopefully COVID pending for people to get uh, front and centre in front of trials this year. And um, the market development team along with our marketing team have developed some excellent um uh, technical materials to really help educate the market and, and agronomists and advisors as to how these products work and um, and and really what the pitfalls are as well. So um, situations to try and avoid. Uh, you touched on a couple there about tank mixing and speed and filters and so on, but also just understanding how Matino works in terms of volatility and solubility and um, binding characteristics and so on. So we've, we've got a, a huge amount of technical information this year that we really have been tasked with um, getting that out there so that next year when everybody's using it in their paddocks they're um, they're much more uh, clued up on on what to expect and how to get the best out of the product yeah it's going to be great and we're looking forward to it Gus to you know really get that information out and as you said a lot of trials large area trials out there 
so it won't be too far away from listeners of the podcast, I'd imagine. They'll be able to see Matino in a paddock next to them or pretty close to them and uh, get all that technical information um, ahead of the year of launch. And, you know, I think one of the things people will really see, especially with the early post-emergence application, is just how effective Matino Complete is on, you know, the the, the escapee or grasses that escape in the furrows and walls of the, you know, when you seed, as well as some of them in the interrow. You know, the IBS treatments sometimes leave a few behind, or the herbicide's just simply not there. And one real advantage from Matino Complete early post-emergence is going to be that control right across that sowing architecture on the ground. Yeah, that's right. Um, so that furrow coverage is really important. It's been a, a somewhat of a hindrance to pre-emergence that are uh, used incorporated by sowing. Um, one of the other benefits that we'll see with this early post-emergent timing is typically it's going on, say, four to five weeks later than an IBS would be. So we're pushing that residual or we're starting the residual mm. four to five weeks later. So we're seeing that push further into the season and therefore we don't we're not seeing as many late season escapes. And you see that in the trial work we do where really the most important uh, assessment we conduct is that late season panicle count or, you know, which is going to either pick up late germinators or weeds that haven't been fully suppressed. And what we've seen in the past, particularly last year, which was quite a wet year in the east, was just how well that residual holds on and prevents late weed germinations. So that's that's another clear benefit of the early post-emergent um, use pattern. And I guess when we're comparing just those two use patterns with Matino is the broadleaf weed spectrum with the early post-emergent really opens up um, as opposed to the IBS use pattern where we don't get quite as good a re- or, or quite as reliable broadleaf weed control or and not quite the same spectrum. But that early post-emergent um, timing really does open up that that spectrum and offer that good residual on a, on a range of broadleaf weeds, which will be on the label. Yeah, and combining that with good crop competition, Gus, um, yeah, really does hammer the hammer those weeds, which is what the game is all about, to uh, take them away and reduce their numbers getting through. So, yeah, really exciting. Uh, get in touch with us. And, Gus, I'm going to ask for your Twitter handle now if people want to get in touch with you. It is? It is uh, GusMac05. Gus Mac 05, I'll put that in the show notes, and mine is at photo by CW, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, in fact, I'll put all of the market development team Twitter handles in the show notes, podcast notes. So if you want to get in touch with us, find out where your local closest Matino Complete trial might be to come out and have a look, then uh, we'd only be too happy to, to uh, hear from you and get in touch and show you. Absolutely. So, Gus, you mentioned earlier on in the introduction that, uh, you know, diseases won't be far around the corner. So, you know, just a couple of comments. What do you think could be an issue this year and what uh, might we do do about it? Well, um, if we look back to last year, uh, and again, as I mentioned earlier, we had, a, we had a cracking season last year. We saw quite a bit of cereal disease, um, particularly in the form of uh, powdery mildew and, and septoria, which are not, not mainstay diseases for us in southern New South Wales. Um, but with the number of amount of stubbles and the size of the stubbles that are still around and been sown into this year, I'd anticipate, you know, with the current conditions, if they continue, that we'll probably see those diseases again. And... Uh, therefore, if that's the case, I think Aviator will play a, a, probably an even bigger role there because resistance, particularly, say, with powdery mildew, has become uh, a growing concern and 
the use of an SDHI as a foliar and a strong triazole will, will have a key role to play there in controlling some of those more difficult um, strains of disease. Um, so in, in that case, powdery mildew, uh, and also you know we're seeing resistance levels through the southern parts of you know Victoria and South Australia, and even some parts of WA uh, resistant strains of Septoria showing up as well. So I think it'll be a key, really key year for fungicides if these conditions continue. And and obviously with um, the amount of canola that's in and the canola price the way it is, uh, people are going to want to offer the best level of protection against diseases such as blackleg and sclerotinia. So again, Prozaro and Aviator are going to be, um, I think, really key parts to people's crop protection program in those crops this season. Yeah, wide range of crops too with Aviator X Pro and Prozaro. Uh, great resources on our crop.bayer.com.au website. Um, you can find cereal resources, canola resources and pulse crop resources in there, Gus. A lot of good information. And just one call out I'd make too with Aviator X Pro uh, with its broad spectrum disease control, leaf disease control and the uh, topics you mentioned there a couple of minutes ago. Uh, you know, leaf shield technology or leaf shield formulation really ensures you know distribution through the leaf uh, where it's supposed to do its work, but rapid rain fastness, and this is something I get in the area I operate in, southern WA, often you're just really challenging uh, at times to find good clear days with no rain at all, um, or, you know, just without mist and things like that. And uh, the reports are that, you know, um, Aviator X-Pro really does help with that rapid rain fastness, so you can get it out doing the job on the crops that you want, and uh, no, it's not going to get washed off if a shower of rain comes over, um, you know, that not that long. So, yeah, really, really advantageous and uh, get uh, feedback from that. But some people sometimes are a bit surprised and didn't know it. So, yeah, Leaf Shield inside the Aviator X-Pro really does help. Do you sort of come across that a little bit as well? Yeah, definitely. And and particularly in, say, the canola sclerotinia market where mm. uh, it's very advantageous to get your fungicide on pr- prior to a rainfall. So, so growers and applicators are usually really pressed to try and beat the next rainfall front. And, you know, with, with some fungicides that might have a four to six hour rain fastest period, the difference can be quite dramatic in terms of the end result if you get, get rainfall on that. Whereas with Aviator and it's one hour uh, rain fastest period, that, that's, that's huge and um, can, can really give that grower peace of mind. I guess the other market too is in the north, further north from here is the chickpea market as well, um, where, again, we're often dealing with stormy type conditions or, um, yeah, they're used to applying preventative um, multi-site fungicides and Aviator offers that opportunity to switch to a different mode of action but also get really good rapid uptake um, so that if you have had uh, some disease take hold already, Aviator will offer that, that curative or level of curative uh, control against some of those diseases such as Ascochyta, whereas your multi-sites typically don't offer that. They really only offer protectant. Mm-hmm. Um, levels of control. So, yeah, it has a huge fit right across all the crops that you've mentioned, you know, pulses, cereals, leg, um, uh, oil seeds, etc. Um, it has great benefits in each of those individual crops. Yep, sure does. And more information at crop.bayer.com.au along with all of our other products. And you can also find your local Bayer representative by going to that website as well. So, Gus McLennan, thanks very much. I'm sure... Listeners out there are going to see you out in the paddock very soon, uh, like myself, and we'll look forward to showing what Matino Complete, Aviator, all of our products and services can offer in growing good, healthy crops.
Cheers, Whitey. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Thanks. You too, mate. It's been really good to catch up with Nathan Dovey down in the south part of Western Australia and also with Gus McLennan in New South Wales and we talked extensively there about Matino Complete and what's that is going to bring to Australian grain growers in the future. But joining me now to talk about some other exciting technology that's a little way off but uh, you know, coming along is Richard Jackman up in Queensland. How are you today, Richard? Hey, Whitey. You know, mate, long time since we've spoken. It must be winner. Yeah, that's right, mate. No, we certainly uh, talk a bit on the phone, but we haven't been on the Cropcast, so great to have you back on. And look, what's what's going on up in the area that you're covering, you know, the, how the crops coming up that are up there, the winter crops, and you know, has there been any challenges of note and what's been happening there? Yeah, we're probably having um, a bit of an unusual year. We're very behind in um, in planting in some areas. We've um, we've got more moisture than we've had for a long time, and um, yeah, we've got crops in the ground, crops still being planted, and we've also got summer crops trying to get off out of um, be harvested, stripped or picked. Wow, so, interesting. Yeah, bit, bit of a um, bit of a um, mad shambles at the moment. So for most of the growers, trying to get everything done at once. Yeah, oh well, I'm sure um, you're assisting wherever you can in terms of advice and information um, where Bayer offer might be in there. So, you know, what has been sort of happening with the winter plant? Has there been anything of note that, uh, you know, people should be looking out for now coming into the new season crop? No, nothing really um, unusual, Waddy. We've, we've had probably the wetter start that we've had. So there has been a little bit of, early crop injuries from mm-hmm. some of the pre-emergence, but it's been nothing sort of unusual or unexpected, just probably something we haven't seen for a couple of years with super-saturated um, soils and good rainfall following planting. But, yeah, it's been pretty pretty good start to the season. So crops are running away, um, anything that was planted early. And then, yeah, there's crops that only just got in the ground after the recent rain. Yeah, really interesting. Gus and I were just talking about that actually in our respective areas too, just some of the little challenges and, you know, with pre-emergence and some of the opportunities that now are available, you know, as we do our trial program. I know you've been busy getting trials on the ground as well, so you can just tell us a little bit about what you're focusing on for the winter and then we'll move over to that other interesting technology in a different crop. Yeah, look, like like the rest of the team, focused on Matino Complete, um, our opportunities are a little bit different in the north, um, but yeah, we've still got some challenging weeds like Phalaris, um, black oats in the system. And um, Bayer 200 will be something that we'll also put a bit of attention to in both the fallow opportunities and uh, as a post-emergent opportunity in uh, cereal crops. Yeah, and we'll talk more about Bayer 200 and what that'll offer a bit later on in another podcast, I think, Rich. So no, yep. very useful. And I know you've been getting around recently to some really interesting uh, training workshops actually being run on the Roundup Ready Extend crop system. And, yeah, first, could you just tell us what is that Roundup Ready Extend crop system about um, and what have you been doing uh, with regards to this training that you've been attending? Yeah, so the Roundup Ready uh, crop system is really about, or Roundup Ready Extend Flex um, is what we're introducing into the cotton market. So it's a new gene um, um, being based around dicamba, glufosinate, and Roundup tolerance. So previously, we've only had Roundup tolerance, um, Roundup tolerant cotton. And yeah, with this new system coming through, we'll have a cotton that's now tolerant to dicamba and glufosinate, which is, uh, you know, three new modes of action um, being introduced into the cotton system rather than just the old reliance on Roundup. So, Interesting. Um, 
Yeah, so look, part of part of um, the, the technology coming to the market, they have made a stewardship um, commitment that we are going to try to get all, well, we need to get all growers, applicators and advisors um, trained and accredited um, about the technology. So we're in the process of running um, a series of three-quarter day workshops um, involving um, an independent trainer, Craig Day, um, with SprySafe. And, um, yeah, basically Craig goes through how to set up your burn spray, how to minimise off-target drift and how to get the best coverage um, using, using this, um, you know, their existing spray booms. Yeah, it looks really good when I look at the list or the presentation um, or, you know, what you've told me you've been covering there. And, yeah, you know, it's not relevant not only in cotton areas but right around the country. So some amazing training and really impressive what's being done there to ensure the best use of this obviously as a herbicide system to control those weeds but um, ensure that the technology just keeps on working and 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 working where it only where it should be I suppose Rich so yeah physical drift volatility you know weather decontamination PPE tank mix orders I'm just reading them out water quality even record keeping it's amazing nozzle selections and performance and also considerations for rotational cropping um, and plant back so really extensive what you're doing there and sounds like the um, days you've attended already have been really really good and well attended and uh, in- interesting information yeah no, we've had some good roll-ups um, considering the you know how busy the growers and advisors are at the moment um, and yeah we hopefully those who have attended will go away and tell tell other growers and other advisors that um, you know they got good value out of the training and we'll recommend it but yeah by the time we launch we need to have all anyone who wants to grow cotton will have to be trained and accredited and um yeah all, all reports and you know from my my participation in a couple of meetings that i've been involved in it's been fantastically well received and um really well run day um by craig and um his partner calf so yeah it's yeah if you don't know anything about it or would like to know more about it uh, jump onto the website, which is www.extendplex.com.au. Fantastic. I'll put that in the podcast notes as well, Rich, so that people can have a look. And, you know, one last thing I might ask you about, probably about this time last year, we were talking about the chickpea plant and, you know, how's that looking for this season? And, you know, I suppose Aviator X Pro has a great fit there for managing disease, but what's going on with the chickpeas? There are going to be plenty of them, so we don't run out? There's going to be plenty of them, Whitey. So we've got two. Some of that chickpea market will go into canola as well in the north. So Mm -hmm. canola is a relatively uh, low um, area in the scheme of things. But for the north, our area is certainly going to be up, as is our – and our chickpea area is going to be a a solid plant as well. So um, at the moment, I don't see too many challenges. until we start getting this wet weather, but the way the seasons are rolling at the moment, we're starting to get some good wet weather. So, you know, things like powdery mildew in canola, um, sclerotinia, blackleg, they're all become a big thing. Yeah, ascochyta in our chickpeas, if we end up with a nice wet spring, we might also, you know, be faced with botrytis and um, sclerotinia in our chickpea crop as well, which... You know, we haven't. We've been lucky to have been able to avoid those issues over the last couple of years with the dry springs. But yeah, it's certainly looking a little bit different this year to what we've had. We'll touch more on the specifics as they're needed later on in further Bayer Cropcast. But yeah, anything else? One thing I will just say that um, 
we've talked about the Matrix. We've had at Tassari going ahead again this year. So I will have the Matrix out there at Tassari and I'll have some um, Matino Complete on display plus Bayer 200. And also our Lock Arbor Farm down in Narrabri, we've um, set up a um, Matrix down there, similar to what we're doing up at Tassari. And we'll have Bayer 200 and Matino Complete on display down there as well. As a, and Aviator as well. So oh, fantastic. Yeah, there's some pretty... Bit of work going on from the thing, so yeah, all credit to everyone involved. Uh, well done, that's great. And as Gus and I were saying before, there is sure to be a Bayer trial very close to listeners wherever they're listening from, and unless it's overseas, I guess, <laughs> but in Australia at least, Rich, um, plenty of work going on and plenty to get out and see. And you can get in touch with us. Uh, all the details are in the notes, but I'm going to ask you for your Twitter handle for those that want to get in touch. I know you don't use it a lot. But listeners, here's a challenge. Let's get Rich using Twitter a bit more. So, Rich, what's your, what's your Twitter handle, uh, mate? It's RJ Jackman one RJ so Jackman one So let's bombard him and uh, ask him lots of questions. <laughs> no, thanks very much, yeah, Richard. Good. Thanks, Whitey. Good to talk. Good to talk to you too, mate. See you later. Cheers. Just a reminder that at the time of recording this Bayer Cropcast, applications for registration of Matino Complete, Bayer 200 and Roundup Extend Extending Max have been made, but they're not currently registered. Please contact Bayer for more information. Thanks for joining us on Bayer Cropcast. To get more information about anything you heard on today's episode, phone 1800 804 479 to get in touch with us or visit the web at crop.bayer.com.au. Thanks for listening.